right, it's time once again, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. And I want to start the show today just by kind of touching on some topics that I've been over in uh, previous shows. I had some old clips that I found that I haven't used yet. And I kind of want to just run some of this stuff by real quick, just to touch on it, just to, you know, keep some of these ideas and themes fresh in your mind. So, a while back, I um, uh, aired an episode called A Worldly Perspective. And I went around the world and told you guys about some news that was happening around the world during the COVID-19 pandemic and the authoritarian, you know, police state lockdown martial law basically rollout that ensued afterwards. And, you know, I told you guys about how a lot of people from other countries were persecuting Muslim people like they are doing in China. Uh, Some of the Eastern European countries were uh, persecuting uh, gays and lesbians and... You know, I I made the comment, you know, where's the woke left? Where are you progressives on all this stuff? I don't hear you crying and bitching about that stuff, right? It's because, and, I, and I, think, <laughs> I think I actually said that I think the reason why is because you guys don't have any idea what's going on in this world outside of whatever your TV screen's telling you. You don't know anything that's happening outside of this country. If you never travel... You know what I mean? If you never, you know, walk around this fucking planet for more than five minutes to get exposed to different ideas, different people, different cultures, you think you're so culturally sensitive and, oh God, I'm so all-inclusive and, you know, I support Black Lives Matter and I support the LGBTQ community, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, I, I don't hear you bitching about what they're doing and, you know, Eastern Europe and China, you know, where's the outrage? Where's your outrage? It's just gross. People are just fucking make me sick. Anyway, I'm going to play a Bill Maher clip. Uh, Once again, I told you guys before, I don't know what's happening to Bill Maher, but I love it. The, The guy is waking up. He's seeing past his biases. He's seeing past his party partisan ideas and themes and talking points and narratives, whatever. And I suggest each and every one of you, my fellow Americans, do the same. Take a listen to this. Have a little perspective about the stuff we howl about here. I'm sorry your professor said something you didn't like. That won't be a problem with the Taliban because you're not allowed to go to school. In Saudi Arabia, Grown women can be jailed for doing the kind of things we think of as routine without the permission of a male guardian. China rounds you up if you're the wrong religion and puts you in camps. More children in Burkina Faso work than are in school. Only 5% of Burundians have electricity. The homicide rate in Honduras is eight times what it is here. The inflation rate in Venezuela is 2,719%. The Philippines, in the last five years, has put to death 27,000 low-level drug dealers. In North Korea, people starve to death. The only people who starve here are doing it for a role. 
And the only people who have no water live in California. If you think America is irredeemable, turn on the news or get a passport and a ticket on one of those sketchy airlines that puts its web address on the plane. There's a reason Afghan mothers are handing their babies to us. All right. So, yeah. So Bill Maher was this clip. He was kind of talking about Afghanistan and how we left Afghanistan. Uh, I kind of... uh... I started that clip a little after the original lead-in part where he was talking about, uh, you know, Afghan people. And then he ends this little this little bit talking about, you know, they're, the reason why the Afghan people are handing their children to us is because they know how bad that country is going to get. They know that their entire life and their goals, their aspirations, their job, whatever they were doing before we left Afghanistan is is about to turn into a completely different society, a completely different world. And that's what's going to happen in this country sooner or later. I've been talking about it since episode one. Slowly but surely, they're going to roll out their plans. And they're coming after, you know, they're coming after your kids in the school with CRT. They're going to indoctrinate your children. They're coming after the family. There's a war on the family because they want to break down any ties that you know, make you and, you know, allow you to remain independent and, and, you know, reliant on your family and not having to rely on the government. And, you know, here's a clip from, uh, this is from the Liberty Report talking about exactly that very thing. And I want you guys to think about when I was talking about communism and Karl Marx and, you know, when I'm talking about how different forms of government and different belief systems around the world. You know, everyone around this world runs their civilization much different than we run ours here in the United States. And I really want you guys to understand how fucking good you have it here, regardless of all of our problems. That's kind of the overarching theme of this show today is, you know, I want you to internalize and know in your heart of hearts when when you put your life up against the lives of people that live in different countries around this world if you can't show a sense of gratitude and respect for the fact that you were lucky enough to be born in this country then i don't know there might be a special place in hell for you but take a listen to this this is from the liberty report on how the communists are coming after the family here we go arianism you could go back to plato and it's a part of socialism, communism, fascism, this war on the family. Now, why? Why is there a war on the family? Number one, because family is a sign of independence. And authoritarians want you to be dependent, everyone to be dependent on them. You're not supposed to depend on uh, you know, family. Uh, also, family is a competing loyalty. You know, people will die for their families. Authoritarians don't want competing loyalties whether that loyalty is to God, to your family, to your community, to your culture. You know, that's why you see all this war on all of these things to try to wipe them all out. They do not want to hear that you don't want a shot for religious reasons. Forget your loyalty to religion. Your, your loyalty is to, to be to the authoritarian or that you don't want it because of your culture. And they don't now care that you don't want to take this shot because your parents said no. No, you are 12 to 15 years old. You can make the decision to put Pfizer into your veins. 
So this is overplaying their hand. It is a sign of desperation, and it may be a good signal that they're running out of bullets. You know, maybe. Maybe they're running out of bullets. I don't know, but, you know, they're going to get to your kids in the school. They want to they destroy the family unit. I was a sociology major. I've told you guys a million times. You know, we sociologists talk about the institutions that keep a society together. One of them, big one, is the family and, you know, religion and uh, marriages and, you know, relationships, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they're coming after everything that is American. You better wake up. <laughs> you better wake up. If you can't see it, man, I I'm telling you people, you're walking through life with blinders on having tunnel vision. You're not even paying attention. It's so fucking obvious. It's been happening for a long time. Anyway, here. Uh, I want to uh, give you uh, a quick little word from the sponsor of the show today. It's brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This letter report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pfizer isn't really a sponsor of the show today, but I'm just going to say that they are because, boy, talk about, you know, those media montages that, uh, man, I forget the guy's name, Todd something that I told you guys about last episode. Man, that guy does some good work. He puts together some awesome media montages. Isn't it weird, people, that every fucking mainstream media news show is sponsored by Pfizer? You don't think that there's a... You don't think that there is a coordinated effort by multiple multinational corporations, the World Health Organization, the mainstream media, the United Nations, etc., 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 okay? You don't think that they're all meeting in Davos, Switzerland, or at the G12 or G20 or G8 or wherever, the, these you know, Bilderberger secret meetings, etc. <laughs> People, this shit is happening. They're coming after you. They're coming. It's coming. Take, I, I, I don't want to play. I can't believe I'm about to do this. I can't believe I'm about to do this. Um, I know my friend Sam Winchester, he likes to rip on the ladies on from the show The View quite a bit. I've never played any clips on my show from The View because I can't stand those chicken heads, morons, especially Joy Behar. Boy. That woman is a special kind of stupid, or she is just shilling for her bosses and for those left-wing, progressive left propaganda machine. Oh, it's just gross. I can't even watch The View without like getting sick to my stomach. But recently, Condoleezza Rice was on there. And if you guys remember back to the Reality Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics episode, I... When I played that assortment of crazy clips, uh, she was on there talking to some, uh, you know, journalist, uh, better known as a activist. I forget her name. 
Like, it starts from the top. It starts from, oh, and she's like, just just stuff it. Like, you know, and she starts talking about race relations. Well, anyway, she was a guest on The View, and I think she blew these bitches' minds <laughs> with what she said about critical race theory and about this hyperbole, uh, you know, sensationalized uh, commentary that, I mean, they're just, they're ruining the fabric of our society on these mainstream media shows and on these talk shows. It's just gross. I can't stand it. But take a listen to Condoleezza ripping these stupid bitches a new one and waking them up, hopefully. Here we go. But if I could take a moment to talk about the whole issue of critical race theory and what is and is not mm -hmm. being taught. Uh, I come out of an academic uh, institution, and uh, this is a, something that academics debate, what is the role of race and so forth. And, and let me be very clear. I grew up in segregated Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't go to a movie theater or to a restaurant with my parents. I went to segregated schools till we moved to Denver. Mm -hmm. My parents never thought I was going to grow up in a world without prejudice, but they also told me, that's somebody else's problem, not yours. You're going to overcome it, and you are going to be anything you want to be. And that's the message that I think we ought to be sending to kids. One of the worries that I have about the way that we're, we're talking about race is that it either seems so big that somehow white people now have to feel guilty for everything that happened in the past. I, I mm -hmm. don't think that's very productive. Or black people have to feel disempowered by mm -hmm. race. I would like black kids to be completely empowered to know that they are beautiful in their blackness, mm -hmm. but in order to do that, I don't have to make white kids feel bad for being white. So somehow, this is a conversation that has sorry, gone in the wrong direction. Keep that last part. You don't have to watch. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of it. In order for black kids, who, quite frankly, for a long time, the way they were portrayed, the way their history was portrayed, mm -hmm. right. it was second-class citizenship. Of course. But I don't have to make white children feel bad about being white. In order to overcome the fact that black children uh, were making happen, think, it, well, it I have happens, a couple I, examples here. Yeah, actually. Yeah. In Cupertino, California, um, in an elementary school, uh, third graders are uh, instructed to rank themselves based on their power and their privilege. Uh, California's Department of Education is proposing to eliminate opportunities for accelerated math in the name of equity. In Greenwich, a white bias survey is handed out to seventh grade English class. Um, a New York private school um, is. Uh, separating by race, gender, and ethnicity, white identifying group met with a white consultant who displayed a slide that named supposed characteristics of white supremacy. Uh, an equity statement from the school district of Palm Beach County outlined the initiative dismantling structures rooted in white advantage. It's happening uh, across the country. Well, but, but again, if you have a teacher, history is going to be taught. Yeah, absolutely, history is and going it should to be, be taught. taught. And as we were talking earlier, you know, when you go to Texas, you talk to Mexican kids who feel like crap because they're being told they're less than because of the Alamo. The whole idea of teaching history is so we don't repeat it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that if you're a good teacher, you don't teach to make a, a, a white kid feel bad. Right. You're supposed to say, listen, you didn't do any of this, but you should know what happened. I have and, 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 and make sure that, uh, along with black kids and native american kids and mm -hmm. and all the colors that be in school i have no problem with with letting people know what happened yes but right. let's remember history is complex 
Mm -hmm. right? It is. Human beings, human beings mm -hmm. aren't angels now, and they weren't angels in the past. No. And so how we teach about our history right. is also important. But you have to, well, there is no way to hide the fact that white people owned black people. There's no way to hide that. And, 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 and I think that. that's been the issue, that uh, there's yeah. been this sort of rollback of history. People want to hide history. Oh, I don't. And, no, come, well, come well yes, yes, that, that is true. Oh, no. 45 and what, seconds, and what, and what we are seeing is this, this rollback of history. Parents don't want children to hear about the real history. And when we teach children about the real history, I think that is when we will really have true people are racial being, reconciliation. People are being Told, people are being taught the true history, but I just have to say one more thing. It goes back to how we teach the history. That's what I'm saying. We teach the good and we teach the bad of yes. history. Yes. But right. what we don't do is make seven and ten-year-olds feel that they are somehow bad people because of the color of their skin. We've been through that, yeah. yes. and we don't need to do that well, again. We don't want anybody anyone. to feel that. Precisely. That's, that's the idea. That, that doesn't Nobody. seem to be... That doesn't seem to be part of the plan. Oh, it no. is part of the yeah. plan. I mean, I'm you know, sorry. in Germany, I... they, they teach the Holocaust to every student. Of course. I've met a German girl one time. And we teach slavery to every student. A, a, a school trip is a trip to Auschwitz or okay. Dachau. Yes. Uh, they learn about their history, and there are not two sides to the story. We all have to learn about our history, but yes. we also have, to, rec we also have to recognize that we have to there live together. And we're going to do better living That's together if we don't make each other feel jealous. Oh my God, I, I, you know, <laughs> whoo, Andrew, calm down. Don't freak out, don't freak out. Whoopi Goldberg, There's. she said there's no way to hide that white people own black people. Guess what, stupid bitch? There's no way to hide that freed black people owned other black people. Fact. I'm not trying to defend... White people owning slaves and the fucked up shit that white people did to black people in the past. I'm not trying to defend it. It's disgusting. It's terrible. I've demonized it and denounced it since day one of this episode. But holy fucking shit, Whoopi. Are you kidding me? How are you going to sit there and say that there's no way to hide the fact that white people own black people? That is obvious. No shit, there's no way to hide that. But to in that same breath, not also say that there were not freed black people, freed slaves that be, that earned or were given or however they got their freedom, who cares? Who cares? And the zeitgeist, the spirit of the times, the, the societal and cultural context of a historical era, I've been over it a million times on this show, you gotta put events from history into a historical context so that you can see and understand and learn from the full picture. And what's the full picture of American history? The full picture, my fellow Americans, is that not only did white people own black people, but guess what? Black people owned black people as well. Fact. I'm not defending it. I'm not celebrating it. I'm just stating the fucking reality. Oh, it dry. Oh my God, I cannot, I cannot watch the view. I cannot watch the view. And you know what? These bitches were on their best behavior with Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> That's for sure, because that was some of the most uh, logical, rational commentary I've heard from Whoopi and Joy and whoever the other. I don't know who the other two are, but boy, 
And you know what? You guys want to get pissed at me for saying that? I don't give a flying fuck. Come after me. Come at me, bro. Come at me. You want, you got something to say to me? You want to demonize and, and cancel culture, Andrew, for America, for stating the facts of American history? I don't give a shit. I do not care. Wake up and go learn it for yourself. If you're triggered because you just heard me say that, don't care. Don't fucking care. You better get smart. You better do it. Oh, I got to calm down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a white uh, supremacist apologist. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying. This shit happened. Whether you want to believe it or not. And if you're going to believe one side of the story, if you're going to believe the progressive left-wing narratives that all the shit that they're doing in the schools now, coming after your kids, indoctrinating your children, trying to tear apart the family, trying to, you know, rewrite history and destroy our history so that we don't remember it, I think it, it might very well be all part of the great big plan, the great reset plan. And it just makes me so sad and it gets me upset that, I mean, the the powers that be in this country are just throwing the shit in our face. It's like every single institution, every single uh, form of social organization uh, is, is being attacked. Like, our nation is under attack. And the reason why I have the upside-down flag as, you know, with the Orwell quote on it as my marketing and branding is because a lot of people think that it's anti-American to have to fly a flag upside-down. Guess what, morons? That's not what flying a flag upside-down means. Flying a flag upside-down means that we are a nation in distress. We have real problems that we better start trying to solve before we lose this amazing achievement of America that our founding fathers and our ancestors that came before us fought to create and and continued to fight to defend. I, I And I don't give a shit how you feel about that. That's my take. I am... The last thing, I, the last thing I want to see happen in this country is for us to lose our way on such a level that we go the way of the buffalo. That we go the way of, you know, civilizations that came before us. I know empires rise, empires fall. You know, we are basically the new Roman Empire if you look at history. You know, and. <laughs> The Roman Empire fell for a lot of the same reasons that the American Empire is beginning to fall now. If you do your homework on that, you'll see. You'll see that there's a lot of commonalities, a lot of common threads. And, you know, this critical race theory stuff, too, like Condoleezza Rice was just telling you, like, you you, you heard that commentary and that banter between those women talking about this. And let me ask you. Does it sound like critical race theory and coming after your 7 and 10 year old kids in school? Is it bringing us closer together? Or are they basically teaching Jim Crow and segregation? And are we not, you know, going back to the future, to the 1960s with this bullshit? How do you people not see this? 
How do you not see us reverting back? Backwards. We're going fucking backwards. And remember what uh, uh, when I when I played for you that uh, clip from the Waking Life movie with uh, the philosophy professor talking to the kid uh, from Austin, Texas, and he says, you know, what are the two most universal human characteristics? Fear and laziness. Like he even says in that clip, he's like, shit, the the Romans and the Greeks three four thousand years ago were just as advanced as us. It's not like we've you know you know progressed you know, philosophically, and there's no new virtues or values that we've brought into existence aside from capitalism and wealth creation and freedom, which, I mean, I I say, I I don't want to sound like those are just, you know, not important things. I don't want to say those things too lightly. But really, when you put our two civilizations up against each other, we pretty much are equally advanced, from a philosophical point of view, we are much more technologically advanced, that's for sure. But how can you have a say, <laughs> my fellow Americans? How can you have an opinion? How can you pretend you know what the fuck you're talking about if you don't read and learn your history? Harry Truman, I've said it, I think I said it back in episode two. There is nothing new in this world except the history you do not know. They're coming after your kids. They're indoctrinating your children. They're coming after the family unit. They're coming after your jobs. Hey, we're just going to put you on government assistance. Universal basic income. Technology is going to take over and eliminate all your jobs. Which, that's that's code for, no, we're just going to outsource them to other cheaper uh, uh, labor pools around this world. That's what that means. They're coming at, you know, the Kyle Rittenhouse case I just talked about in the last episode. They're coming after your guns. Pretty soon you're not going to be able to defend yourselves. I mean, it's like the spirit of David Crowley in my heart and in my mind right now. I don't, I don't know if you guys know about David Crowley. He's from right up the street from me here in Apple Valley. They fucking killed him, man. He got a bunch of funding to uh, put towards a movie called Gray State. And if you look up Gray State online right now, I highly recommend each and every one of my listeners go search for the trailer that he was going to release at like Sundance Film Festival or whatever film festival he was going to release Gray State. He made the trailer for it. And if that trailer doesn't scare the living piss out of you people, woo! I mean, the first time I, I watched the trailer to that movie, I knew. I immediately in that moment knew. That's why they whacked this guy. The CIA and the intelligence community, they probably, you know, they killed him and his wife. And they said it was suicide, and they said he was a crazy uh, military veteran that lost his shit. When really he just got so much funding for this movie that he was going to put out that, you know, the big club knew that this was going to blow the whistle on their big plan. And what do they do? They fucking JFK'd his ass. This shit is serious. This shit is real life. It's happening in the world right now that you and I live in together. You better wake up. It's not going away. I'm going to take a break. I need to calm down. I need to take some deep breaths. 
And we'll be right back here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. The Politics and Punk Rock Podcast is brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> oh boy. Uh you know what? I can't I, I can't get off of this. I can't get off this. I'm going to read this to you. Yes, Africans did sell other Africans into slavery. A beloved talking point that ignores how white people reshape slavery in Africa. This smug proclamation is often used by people who wish to silence discussions of slavery and soothe white fragility. On the surface, it is easy phrase to repeat. It seeks to derail any white responsibility for slavery. That is bullshit. That's bullshit. And put black people in the driver's seat of causing their own suffering. After all, the slaves wouldn't have ended up on those ships if not for the African hunters who pulled them out of the jungle, right? This phrase is allegedly sexy. It requires the person saying it to learn very little about historical context and simply know that Africans did take part in the slave trade. Wrapped in a bow, it is the perfect zinger in their mind to shut other people up. While there is truth behind the statement, while there is truth behind the statement, it broadly ignores context and the role of white people in the Atlantic slave trade people. Every country in this world had slavery in its history. Every single one of them. You can't run and hide from that reality. I'm sorry. You can't. It wasn't just in the United States. I'm not a white supremacist apologist. The facts and evidence are out there for you to seek out and discover for yourself. Slavery did exist in Africa before the arrival of white Europeans, as it did in many parts of the world. In truth, the practice of taking someone's freedom and making them work for you with little to no pay or benefits is a simple idea. It, it goes back to feudalism too, people. It is not as if white Europeans thought it up. However, white Europeans did craft a system that spanned continents and created an international economic system built on it. This new system of enslavement changed Africa, as observed by historian Marcus Redeker in his book, The Slave Ship, A Human History. The number of slaves held and the importance of slavery as an institution in African societies expanded with the Atlantic slave trade. Slavery looked different in Africa before the arrival of white Europeans, and we have historical records to prove it. As author, oh God, I'm going to fuck this up. As author Adaboy Trisha 
Nwanbani recalled in an article about her great-grandfather, an African slave trader. Here we go. Here's her story. Long before Europeans arrived, Igbos enslaved other Igbos as punishment for crimes, for the payment of debts, and as prisoners of war. The practice differed from slavery in the Americas. Slaves were permitted to move freely in their communities and to own property. Let me repeat that. Slaves were permitted to move freely in their community and to own property. But they were also sometimes sacrificed in religious ceremonies or buried alive with their masters to serve them in the next life. <laughs> Talk about ancient mentality. Historical context. Can you imagine thinking in this day and age that if you burned your slave alive at the stake, that meant that they were going to serve you in the afterlife? Wow. I mean, wow. That's that is a reach. That is a stretch, boy. You know, and you can thank religion for that partially. <laughs> and I don't want to start talking shit about religion, but boy, that is some mind fuckery right there. When the transatlantic trade began in the 15th century, the demand for slaves spiked. Igbo traders began kidnapping people from distant villages. Uh, Wabani's story is essential because it highlights a part of history that is rarely discussed within the narrative of blacks sold blacks. It shows that the Igbo people responded to the changes in the economic system, the selling and purchasing of humans. Uh, what her narrative does not do is say that life was more humane prior to European arrival. Slavery within itself is a traumatic experience. However, as Wabani's notes, as she notes, prior to the arrival of the Europeans, and she's recalling her great, this is a story her great-grandfather told her. Uh, prior to the arrival of the Europeans, slavery was focused on personal disputes, war, and punishment. The Europeans turned it into a formal system that relied on supply and demand. It's no surprise that many Africans turned to selling other black people to advance their wealth and survive in a rapidly changing world. This is not the first and only time in history that people from a vulnerable group sided with oppressors for their own benefit. Let me repeat that. This is not the first time and only time in history that people from a vulnerable group sided with their oppressors for their own benefit. In fact, this was common, especially in situations of colonialism. Side with the oppressor who has more visible power than your own people. For many Africans, being part of the slave trade was a form of personal protection, both financially and physically. I'm going to stop right there. People, just think about that. Think about when the Romans invaded every little country and municipality across northern Africa, eastern Europe, western Europe. They didn't care who you were or where you were from. They were coming in, they were taking over, and they were offering things to the people that would get them to assimilate and to go along with the dominant culture. And this exists today, people. Every society in this world is trying to assimilate any immigrant or any new 
uh, cultural people from different cultural backgrounds that want to live in that country. That's you, you got to drink the Kool Aid in order to live, in order to be protected, in order to have something resembling a decent, normal life. Okay. I'm not saying white people were better than black people. I'm not saying that uh, we get to dismiss what white people did to black people in the United States of America just because black people also owned other black people in history. I'm not saying that. If you can misconstrue my words and you try to cancel culture me for that, you can go fuck yourself. Okay? Go fuck yourself. However... This participation does not derail the idea that legacies of slavery, like the Confederate monuments, should be demolished. It only broadens the scope and understanding of how slavery damaged communities. The African role in the Atlantic slave trade has left a legacy within African nations as some are now trying to cope with their part in this traumatic history. Okay? So... The people from the African countries that participated in this back in the day, they, they can look at history and say, wow, that was really fucked up what human beings were capable of doing to one another. And that's exactly the same way we Americans should be looking at our history, regardless, regardless of race, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your cultural background. Human nature always dominates and wins in every culture in every society around this world we are all the same we are all human beings we gotta stop cookie cutter dividing each other up into little groups divide and conquer that's all the media and the news and government's ever talking about, in the words of George Carlin, the things that separate us, the things that make us different, the things that keep us apart, fighting with each other so that the powers that be can continue to go to the bank with all of our money. However, this participation does not derail the... Oh, I already said that. Uh, uh, when someone utters the phrase, blacks sold blacks into slavery, it is a scripted response. And you know what? That is very true. And I'm sure the white supremacist community out there probably tries to use that. I wouldn't know because I'm not a white supremacist. Okay? I don't even know one white supremacist. I don't. I don't. I have no... I, I'm a white person. Never met a white supremacist in my entire life. Um, I mean, I've heard some white people say some racist shit before. That's for damn sure. Obviously. You can't get away from that. But a lot of that is ignorance. A lot of that is a lack of education. And a lot of it is probably taught by their shitty parents. Okay? Nobody's perfect. Everybody's got their shit. Everybody has mental and maybe even physical trauma that they have to iron out and get through. We got to start helping each other out. We got to start helping each other see the realities of this world and the reality of our history. Or else we are fucked as a civilization and as a society. Rarely do the people who use this phrase, black soul, blacks into history, use it 
uh, rarely do these people know the specific surrounding the experience of Africans selling other Africans. The only They only know that the phrase feels good to say because it blames black people for their slavery experience. I mean, maybe that's true amongst some idiot, redneck, ignorant white people. But boy, that is a stretch. I, have, I find it very hard to believe that that is the only reason why people use it. The only reason why I used it and the reason why I'm talking about it today is not, excuse me, is not to undercut and to be an apologist for what white people did to black people in the past. The only reason why I brought it up today is to illustrate the reality of history. Okay, that's it. So this author says they only know that the phrase feels good to say because it blames black people for their own slavery experience. That's fucked up. You... (laughs) Man, if you really think that that gives you a pass, a get-out-of-jail-free card for being a piece-of-shit white racist, then you got you got problems. They should probably go lynch your ass. I, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I'm just saying, like, you know, if the shoe's on the other foot, you know, it's it's easy to point a finger, you know? You know, and this removes responsibility for the legacies of slavery from white ancestors, hoping to preserve the flags, monuments, and revisionist history that is soothing to white fragility. I don't know if it's soothing to white fragility. Um, I don't know if it soothes me as a white person to, you know, to say that, oh, I, I'm, uh, you know, it makes me feel good that I have all these monuments and uh you know, flags, uh, and I know our, the history from uh, our past here in America. I, I don't think that. I don't know. Maybe other people think that, but that's not what I'm trying to say. That's not the point I'm trying to get across. I My overarching theme with g- talking about this is honesty. Why can't we be honest? Why is being honest so difficult for some of you people? Why is facing facts and reality and evidence so difficult for the average day American. Why? Why are we so chicken shit to talk about this stuff? I don't get it. You know, in the end, here we go. In the end, the role of Africans in the Atlantic slave trade does not discredit the trauma or anger of black Americans toward the institution that bound our ancestors. That knowledge only broadens how we understand the power of the system. It was so potent that it changed the way African societies operated in concern to pre-existing systems of slavery. As such, the quickly quipped black soul black statement is a weak derailing technique. And... There is truth to that. I'm sure that there are white racist, white supremacists out there that, that that's what they try to get off. They try to get off of being a piece of shit human being to other black uh, people by saying, well, black people uh, owned other black people, so why are you so pissed at white people? <clears throat> Idiot. Why are they so pissed at white people? Because you fucking whipped and killed and, and you made them slaves. What do you mean? Black people have every reason. To hate the history of America and slavery and what white people, historically speaking, did to black people. In my opinion, black people have every right, every reason to be, uh, you know, to find white people as suspect 
sometimes. And white people, dear white people, you have to let them have that. You have to let them have that. You got to concede that. You have to. Put yourself in their shoes. Would you have some type of fear or concern about this fucked up shit that happened in our country's history maybe possibly would one day happen again i would i would i would be afraid of that a little bit so let's 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 just all agree with condoleezza rice let's just all agree that it is fucked up what human beings were capable of doing to other human beings in our history and thank whatever God it is you pray to that we have evolved as a people and as a society and as a country to the point where people are starting to wake up. And you know, and this is the one thing, this is one of the few things that I will give to the Democrats and to the progressive left is that it is good that we are now raising awareness, cultural awareness about you know what we don't want to do anymore as a society it's i think it's good that they're raising awareness about this you know the the reality that this stuff happened in our past and we have to face it and accept it and acknowledge it and work towards being better just be better than that be better on these issues you know and I personally don't think that critical race theory and cancel culture and all that stuff is is helping. I think that it's good that we're acknowledging it. I think it's good that we're facing our history and facing the reality and learning how to not be not to have racial, you know, racist uh thought processes going through our minds. You know, maybe you were taught that by your parents or maybe you grew up in a community that uh is pretty racist. Uh you know, I've heard that I haven't really been to the deep south in my life, which is unbelievable to say. I've been all over the world in the military, but I haven't been south of, like, I don't know, Nebraska, Missouri. I went to Florida as a kid, but I don't really remember it. But I've been told, like, my fiance lived in North Carolina for a while. Boy, this story she told me, it's overt down there. It's in your face. Still to this day. And I, I think that's fucked up. I can't believe it's still that racist down there. If that's really true, I wouldn't know. I haven't been there. So I don't have a frame of reference to speak about it, do I? I don't pretend to know. All I'm commenting on is the fact that I, I find that, and I've said this before, people, it's it's good that we're being made aware of this. I'm glad that the progressive left is is, you know, teaching, I guess, for lack of a better word, that you know, our history and to be aware of what happened. But boy, you people are taking it too far. You're taking it so far that we're basically going back to those days. That's what I fear. I fear that all this critical race theory, uh, you know, cancel culture, all the stuff that we're doing, we're, we're, we're keeping people docile. We're making people feel impotent and helpless to even have conversations, to even be able to learn and to grow and to progress together, side by side. 
all races, colors, creeds, sexual orientations. That's what America should be about. And you can believe that that's not what America is about. I choose to believe that that's what America is about. And part of the reason why I choose to believe that is because I served in our military, people. I work side by side with people from every race, color, creed, sexual orientation. And I didn't give a shit about any of that. When, when the going gets tough and when push comes to shove and when the shit starts popping off, who can I believe in? Who are my brothers and sisters that have my back? It's the people that are philosophically you know, on the same page, on the same team, looking down the field, seeing the play before it happens, seeing, th- seeing things the same way. Are you up to the task? Can you act in the moment? Are you going to run away with your tail tucked between your legs like a little crybaby bitch when the going gets tough? Or are you going to, you know, take up arms? And are we going to have each other's back and be on the same team and form our own friendships and possibly even maybe families one day? And you remember when Larry Elder told you that I mean, look at American history. Back in the, I think it was the 50s or 60s, they said, you know, what was the percentage of people that thought it was okay for, uh, you know, that approved of interracial marriage? And it was like, I don't know, 15% or something like that. And today, what is it? Like 80, 90%? I mean, people, we are and we have progressed as a country and as a nation. Condoleezza Rice said it, Larry Elder said it, many, many, many African Americans agree. And I, I just don't understand how any of you can honestly think that what we are doing to these kids in these schools literally re it's like literal we're turning the government is turning our public schools into indoctrination centers. It's like re-education camps, CC, uh, CCP camps, concentration camps almost. I mean, obviously, it's, it's I'm not trying to equate public school with a concentration camp. Clearly, I'm not going to go that far. But see? See how easy it is to just like Freudian slip, take an idea just a little too far? And people, you gotta you got to let each other make mistakes and learn you can't just you know put someone on trial for defending themselves you can't just put someone on trial for saying the wrong thing and thinking the wrong way you can't be canceled we can't be canceling each other (laughs) man i don't know what it's going to take I don't know what it's going to take for us to come together as a culture and as a people and look at our government and say, look, we do not support what you are doing, what you are trying to accomplish. And we want to go in the other direction. And if we can't get you to do it uh, through persuasion, and if we can't get you to do it through, you know, logical conversation and pragmatism and cooperation... JFK said it best, those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. 
And before I forget, I have to give credit to the author of this article. Yes, Africans did sell Africans into slavery. Her name is Nikki, and she, I think this is from her personal blog. She is an African-American woman, and it's called bridgekeepernikki.medium.com uh, is the author of this. And honestly, people, if you look it up uh, on the internet, you will find the reality that you can't, we got to stop blaming it on race. Because the reality of history is that slavery existed everywhere in this world, in our past. Let me repeat it. I'll repeat it as many times as I have to until some of you morons get it through your thick fucking skulls. Slavery existed everywhere. There is not one single solitary piece of land on this planet where slavery did not at one time exist. So knowing that, can we just put it to bed and squash it? I'm okay with teaching it in school. That's fine. We can teach history in school. Fine. But to point the finger at a racial group and blame them for the horrors of slavery in our past is to point the finger at yourself because people of your race in our ancient past, or maybe not so ancient past, in our history, whatever, everywhere around this world, were also responsible for participating in the slave trades. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter. Your ancestors, all of our ancestors, participated in owning slaves, period, end of conversation. Believe it or not. Okay, I'm going to take a break. Got to take another break. And this is going to be an actual commercial for Anchor. (laughs) This isn't going to be the Pfizer uh, gag again. (laughs) oh man I know this is deep heavy stuff and I know it's uncomfortable to listen to I know I know it's uncomfortable but that's what we need to be doing as a people and as a society we need to have the uncomfortable conversations we need to put our biases and our prejudices aside all that shit is taught and It's not helping. It's not helping anybody. It's not helping us progress as a society. You're not doing yourself a favor by being an ego-driven, prideful person, trying to pat yourself on the back, trying to be an apologist for whatever racial group you come from. It's not helping. We all need to wake up. We all need to grow up and just accept the fact that every race, color, creed, sexual orientation throughout history participated in slavery. Okay? That's it. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, people, welcome back. 
Um, so I wanted to continue talking about this, and I, I thought of something uh, during the break, and I wanted to go and t- take a look and uh, run this uh, line of thinking by you too. So I know that I just got done talking about how um, you know everyone in the world owns slaves at one point in time. Slavery is a universal uh, reality of human history. Everywhere in this world, there was slavery everywhere. And I know that there's going to be some of you out there that just heard me ranting and raving about how black people owned other black people in the past. And I know that some of you idiots are probably like, yeah, well, white people were never slaves, right? It's easy to have that perspective when you're a white person and no one in your family or none of your ancestors were ever slaves, were ever slaves right? You really think that's true? You really think that white people were never slaves? Huh? You really think that? Okay, if that's what you think, take a listen to this. White slavery refers to the chattel slavery of Europeans, whether by non-Europeans such as West Asians and North Africans, or by other Europeans, for example, naval galley slaves or the Vikings thralls. Slaves of European origin were were present in ancient Rome and the Ottoman Empire. Many different types of white people were enslaved. Many different types of white people were enslaved. Many different types of white people were enslaved. On the European continent, under feudalism, there were various forms of status applying to people, such as serf, border, villain, vagabond, and slave. They were indentured or forced to labor without pay. Under Muslim rule, the Arab slave trades that uh, included Caucasian captives were often fueled by raids into European territories or were taken as children in the form of a blood tax from the families of citizens of conquered territories to serve the empire for a variety of functions. In the mid-19th century, the term white slavery was used to describe the Christian slaves that were sold into the Barbary slave trade, Barbary Coast, uh, which is in a country in North Africa. So guess what? Africans... Black people, black Africans, owned white Europeans. Can you believe that? Bet you didn't know that, did you? Bet you didn't learn that in your public school. (laughs) Right? The modern legal term applies more narrowly to sexual slavery, forced prostitution, and human trafficking with less focus on the race of victims or perpetrators. So really, if, if you want to if you want to split hairs here and compare apples to apples, slavery still exists, people. You know how big of a deal the sex trafficking trade is right now around this world? You think slavery's gone? Boy, people, we better wake the fuck up. These conversations that the that are perpetrated by the mainstream media and by our schools and by our government are so immature, so feeble-minded, it denies the reality of history. They're asking you to deny 
your own ability to seek out true information and learn it for yourself. And they're expecting you to just believe what they tell you. Blindly follow the leader, you fucking stupid lemmings, and follow the leader right off the cliff so that you fall to your inevitable doom. It's ridiculous. Let's, uh, let's learn a little bit about the Barbary slave trade. Here we go. The Barbary slave trade refers to slave markets on the Barbary coast of North Africa, which included the Ottoman states of Algeria, Tunisia, Tripolitania, and the independent sultanate of Morocco between the 16th and 19th century. The Ottoman states in North Africa were nominally under Ottoman suzerainty, or the suzerain, they were the suzerain, meaning the... That, you know, they were like uh, a, a nation state, uh, a, a city state of, you know, the Ottoman Empire under control of the Ottoman Empire. But in reality, they were quasi independent. European slaves were acquired by Barbary pirates and slave raids on ships and by raids on the coastal towns from Italy to the Netherlands, Ireland and the southwest of Britain. As for North Iceland and into as far north as Iceland and into uh, Eastern, the Eastern Mediterranean. The Ottoman Eastern Mediterranean was the scene of intense piracy. As late as the 18th century, piracy continued to be a consistent threat to maritime traffic in the Aegean Sea. And if you want to keep reading about this, it goes on and on and on. Uh, this is just on Wikipedia, people. I'm telling you, you can look this up and seek out this information for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Do not, don't. Take my word for it. Go look this stuff up yourself. Have an intellectual curiosity. Develop the ability to be intellectually honest with yourself. Okay? White people were slaves in our history. Black people were slaves in our history. Asian people. Mexican people, Indian people, Native American people, every race, color, and creed throughout history at one time were slaves. Period. That's it. I'm not going to talk about this anymore. If you don't believe me, that's fine. Don't believe me. I don't give a shit. I could care less. I could give a flying fuck if you believe a single word that's coming out of my mouth right now. All I ask is that you go out into this world and you seek out information for yourself. So that you don't become a brainwashed, propagandized, media manipulated, ignorant, naive, gullible, stupid, American, idiot, moron, buffoon. Okay? Let's get smart. Let's break free of this cult of anti-intellectualism. Let's get away from the tyranny of convenience. It's convenient for you to have an opinion when you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. JFK, all too often, we enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. People, actual thought is not comfortable. Nor should it be. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you move ever closer on your quest from ignorance to wisdom, enlightenment, 
knowledge, absolute truth. All right, I'm going to stick a fork in the whole slavery conversation. I just, I couldn't, I heard that view clip from Whoopi and Joy, and I couldn't get off of it. I'm sorry uh, if I upset you, if this episode upsets you today. Good. I'm glad it upsets you. It should upset you. Because no one's talking about this stuff honestly, logically, rationally in our society. So you know what? I'm going to be brave and courageous enough to do it right here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. And if I get backlash for it, bring it on. You got a problem with what I'm saying on the show? I will invite you on. You can be a guest on this show. And you can tell me via Zoom to my face how fucking stupid and wrong I am. Okay? I welcome it. People have been blowing up my Facebook page and calling me a, a right-wing propagandist and a, and a, you know white supremacist, apologist, all this bullshit. You guys, it's such an idiotic shortcut to thinking. I welcome it. I will be the sponge of your mockery and ridicule. I will soak that shit up and I will wring it out and I'll be thirsty for more. Bring it on. Bring on your arguments. Bring on your uh, desire to prove me wrong. I can't wait. Send me an email, andrewforamerica1984 at gmail.com. If you can come on my show and eloquently with supporting facts and evidence to back up your claims, explain and teach me how I am wrong about any of the things that I'm saying on this podcast, open invitation. You have an open invitation. You can come on the show and tell me how much of a fucking stupid idiot moron I am whenever you want. Okay? I love you guys. I want to progress. I want to learn more every single day of my life. I strive to be better tomorrow than I am today. And I think you should too. All right. What else do I want to talk about today? Uh, I want to read this quote. This is from William Faulkner. Quote, Never be afraid to raise your voice for honesty and truth and compassion against injustice and lying and greed. If people all over the world would do this, it would change the earth, unquote. <sighs> Man. I think this is pretty funny. This is from Gad Sad. If you guys know who Gad Sad, 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 I don't know. But uh, he had a pretty uh, snarky, comical uh, quote recently that I saw him post on Twitter. And he is, he is a Lebanese Jewish Canadian professor. Okay? So listen to this. This is pretty funny. <laughs> I'm the only Lebanese Jewish Canadian professor specializing in evolutionary psychology and consumer behavior at any university anywhere. Therefore, how could I advance in my field if I don't see people of my identity as exemplars? <laughs> Say no to Lebanese Jewish Canadian evolutionist 
bigotry. <laughs> See, people, smart people are taking you progressive left-wingers, bullshit, ridiculous uh, ideology and common themes and narratives and are just making a mockery of you. Don't you feel stupid? The only reason why you shouldn't feel stupid is because you still don't understand what the fuck is going on in this world. You have no idea what you're talking about. You just continue to think that you're right. And your ego says, oh, you know what? CNN and MSNBC told me that this, that, and the other thing. And so that's what I believe. And I don't want to debate you. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get deep and have a, a uncomfortable conversation. I just want to ridicule, ridicule you and mock you and sling mud at you and uh, throw ad hominem ad hominems. You know, you don't want to attack the argument. You want to attack the person. Boy, the communist subversion strategy is working. Yuri Bezmenov was right. And I've said it before. You guys don't think that this isn't a big concerted plan by the big club to slowly but surely usurp all of your freedoms so that they can roll out communist, socialist, world dictatorship, the new world order, if you will. It's already happening. It's already happening. To deny its existence is to deny the ability for your own eyes to see. I don't know if some of you are savable. For the longest time, I, I have had this urge to, you know, go on a comment uh, tirade on the social medias for some of the ignorant, moronic shit I see some of you people post. And, you know, I, 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 I can't do it. It's not good for my mental health. You're not going to change people's minds if they're not willing to change themselves. I've said it a million times. It's got to start inside first. You have to choose to get smart. You have to consciously decide to be better on these issues. Consciously decide for yourself and not for anybody else that you want to learn and grow and achieve goals and not only make your life a better place and your standard of living uh, better or as good as you desire it to be, but also to make the world a better place. Do you think any of uh, you know this violence and these little groups, these little cultural uh, pop-offs or whatever, like Dave Smith said, you know, do you really think the violence is worth being so devout to your bullshit ideology? Is it worth it? Think about that, people. Is all of this crying and bitching and complaining, is it helping your mental health? Are you exercising your body? Are you educating your mind? Are you exposing yourself to new ideas? Are you exposing yourself to new people, new cultures, new belief systems, different ways of thinking from your own? Are you able to disagree peacefully? You better learn how to check your ego. You better learn how to allow uncomfortable information to enter your brain. Let it swirl around a little bit before you jump to your conclusions and before you form your opinions. 
Because if we don't start doing that, people, <laughs> civil war in our streets is what we shall have. And like I've said before, then if that happens, we will go down in history as yet another society and civilization that did not learn from its history. Those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. And like I say in the last line of my song, The Royalties by my old band Nonprofit, remember Skull and Bones? Well, as the story goes, their filtered news and dewy schools feed the mind control. Be a good citizen. The state will always win. And good always prevails. That's sarcasm. You never have to learn a thing. Somebody tell me that it's over. It's not hard to read between the lines and see that this country is just like the Romans and the Greeks. I watch again as history repeats. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> oh boy. Everything's brought to you by Pfizer, people. Gee, it's almost like they uh, they stand to make some money off of pushing these vaccines. Wow. It's almost like Bill Gates uh, uh, was right when he said that the vaccines are going to bring a 20 to 1 return on investment. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take for some of you people to see what is happening in this country and in this world. The propaganda is most definitely effective. This has been episode 69 of the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. I entitled this episode today, The Unraveling. And the reason why I called it that is because I feel like the fabric of our society as we speak is unraveling. And I would really like us to ravel it back up, sew it back together, let's mend our wounds. Let's have an open heart, open mind, compassionate heart, compassionate mind. Stop calling people names, stop ridiculing and mocking. I know I'm guilty of it too. It's part of the show. It's probably not helping. I find it to be entertaining and therapeutic. But really, when push comes to shove, if we're out in the real world and I wasn't doing this podcast, I'd like to think of myself as a pretty open-minded, 
compassionate person. If I see somebody is, you know, hurting or in a bad mental place or suffering, like, you know, I'm not an asshole. I'm I'm not a heartless dick that's just gonna not help people and not, you know, endeavor to do what I can to bring them, you know, joy or bring them, uh, some possible method to reduce their suffering. I feel like human beings are, you know, we're obviously social creatures. And I think that the overwhelming majority of us are good, decent people at our core. I think we really are. And I know life is hard. It's not easy. Nobody gets out of this life alive, right? I know it's cliche. You've heard it a million times, but you know you gotta you gotta start looking at your life and put, start putting it in perspective. And it's really sad, you know. I can't remember who said it, but I think I brought it up in a previous show where I said that, you know, it's 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 really sad that most people live, the, not most people, but a lot of people live their entire lives and they haven't even begun their quest. They never even started to attempt to try to learn about how this world actually works. They're completely content living in their own little bubble and their own little uh, secluded part of the world without even dis- uh, without even ever having the desire to, to learn and to know history and to be able to relate to other people despite our differences. People, it's going to take courage. It's going to take perseverance. It's going to take strength to face our problems. Face the problems in your life first. And as soon as you get those under control or you have a, a decent grasp on you know, the resolution of your problems, then maybe you can worry about the rest of the world, okay? You're not going to change people's minds, though. All you can do is help them to discover things for themselves. You can't teach people anything. They have to want to learn. They have to make the first step. They have to choose first. It's got to start inside first. All you can do is offer people information. Present them with facts, evidence, and you know, they're going to either take it or leave it. And then you got to walk. And you got to go on with your life. Life is short. You can't carry people up a ladder with you. I mean, you can if you want to. I mean, if you think you got the spare time. I just, you know, I really hope that we learn at some point Uh, how to cultivate the self, how to cultivate human beings, how to cultivate the type of citizens that we want to see in our society. And you know what? Maybe that's what we need is another flood. (laughs) Maybe we need a mud flood. Maybe we need a great reset. Maybe we need to cull the herd. Maybe some of us got to go. So that the future can be better and brighter 
for the human race. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I love you guys very much. I love everybody. If you don't give me a reason not to love you, I love you. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt, donate to the show. Look up Andrew for America on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Gab, Rumble. think I'm going to get an account going here pretty soon on MeWe and Parler and Getter and any other alternative media source out there that'll have me. People, let's turn up the optimism and the fun for the love of whatever God it is you pray to. I got to get out of this headspace right now. I told you in previous podcasts, I'm losing faith. I'm trying to keep the faith. I'm trying to believe. I'm trying to believe in you. I'm trying to believe in me. I'm trying to believe in all of us. All I'm doing on this show, my mission statement is I'm just trying to present information for you, the listener, to process and interpret so that you can come to your own conclusions. I don't want you to think exactly the same way as I think. I want you to think the way you think. I want you to want to be better. I want you to find the motivation to educate yourself. I want you to find the strength and the courage to face the problems in your life. And do what you can to solve those problems. Find the help that you need from peers and friends and family or whoever. Face your fears courageously, willingly. Thrust yourself into the fire, ready, willing, and prepared to get burnt. And if it doesn't kill you, guess what? It's only going to make you stronger in strength and discipline and perseverance and awareness. These are the things that we are going to need if we are going to survive here in the United States of America. And actually, before we go play some punk rock, um, I just wanted to let you guys know that before I aired this episode, I uh, sent a couple of the main clips over to my good friend Sam Winchester. And uh, he has a show, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, (laughs) called According to Sam, probably one of the best podcasts out there right now. And if you're not listening to it, you're, you're fucking up. You're messing up big. You need to go listen to Sam's podcast. It's fantastic. And I sent him over all the stuff that I said about slavery and about racism. And I said, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm not being culturally insensitive. I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, stepping on some toes and and uh, speaking from uh, a bigoted arrogant white perspective, right? Uh, Sam just so happens to be an African-American man. So, uh, you know, I 
wanted I respect his opinion and I wanted to make sure like I said I wanted it's a good idea to get a second opinion on some of the stuff that comes out of your mouth sometimes you know it's called checking your ego it's called using your reason in rather than just your intelligence it's called having the best intentions of the whole in mind I'm just trying to help people learn grow and achieve okay and I was actually very surprised to hear uh, Sam's thoughts on a lot of the content that uh, is in this episode today. And this is what he said to me. And, and I want you guys to take a listen to this. This is pretty badass. And like I said, I was shocked. And it was unexpected for him to, uh, for me to read him what he sent to me uh, as his comments and summation of the show. He said that... The one thing I would add is that many white people gave their lives to end slavery in America. And they were offended by the institution of slavery. So what he's saying is that out of all the white people that lived in this country during the country the time of the country's founding, you had a lot of white people, clearly. A lot of white Europeans took over. I told you about that earlier in the show. Some of them we're like, hey, if we're going to get away from, from King George and we're really going to be free of slavery and feudalism and monarchism and whatever the hell else, if we really want to declare our independence from the king, from the crown, etc., we're going to have to write a constitution that explains what we the people believe, right? How we're going to run. This new country. This democratic, constitutional republic. And out of all those white people, some of them are like, you know what? Slavery's fucked up. We got to get rid of slavery, man. This is... If we're really going to be civilized, if we're going to, you know, ascend to a higher realm of humanity, brotherly love inclusion, etc. You can't own each other. <laughs> right? And so then he says, yeah, not all white people in America accepted it, and that should be stated. Slavery, by the way, ended in America because of white Christian Americans who fought and were willing to give their lives to end that institution. So I really hope, my fellow Americans, <laughs> that you take that into heavy consideration when you try to process this podcast today. My friend Sam is black, I am white, and we are philosophically like-minded. And, and our ability to see past racial lines comes from a desire to be better tomorrow than we were today. It comes from a desire to learn from our history so that we do not repeat the mistakes of history. It comes from a mature, adult, logical, rational, reasonable, pragmatic desire for brotherly love, 
for all of us, all races, colors, creeds, sexual orientations, to live together peacefully, to be able to disagree peacefully, to be able to seek out and discover true information so that you can learn, so that you can grow, so that you can achieve the goals that you have set for yourself in this life. And my fellow Americans, you're not fucking getting any of that shit from the mainstream media news networks. I love you guys. Let's move on. Let's play some punk rock. people I cannot wait to play this song I love this band I've been talking to a gentleman named Kemp from the band One Reason to Rise awesome thrash punkers I love it and this uh, is the first song off of their Defy EP Ladies and gentlemen, making their debut on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Here is one reason to rise with the song, Everything's Wrong.
people, I love that song. That was one reason to rise with the song, Everything's Wrong. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. I know this was, this was a tense one. I got a little emotional, got a little upset. And that's part of the deal. When you talk about this stuff, it's going to be uncomfortable. It should be uncomfortable. But that is no reason to tuck your tail and run and hide and go run away from having those tough conversations and facing your fears. And this is kind of completely off topic, but I was just randomly, you know, crackhead stoner thinking about this psychedelic thought. I was watching uh, Ancient Aliens uh, (laughs) earlier today. And, uh, you know, there are people in this world that think that uh, ancient aliens from uh, the remote distant past uh, genetically engineered human beings and our job was to be slaves to mine gold on this planet so maybe we're all slaves people <laughs> you know and then there's corporate wage slavery if you're working at a job you hate for piss poor wages You know, maybe it's time to go get some uh, skills that makes you more marketable on the labor market so that you can go make more money. Or you know what? Better uh, better yet, educate yourself and go become a capitalist entrepreneur. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from learning, growing, and achieving? There's only one person in this world. There's only one person in this world that is preventing you from doing everything you want to do in this short life. There's only one person in this world that is preventing you from learning, growing, and achieving. And that person, my fellow Americans, is you. This has been episode 69 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, entitled The Unraveling. And people, let's not let the fabric of our society unravel completely. Because if it does, get ready. You think you got problems in your life now? (laughs) You ain't seen nothing yet. If we let that happen. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt or donate to the show. Look me up on all that stuff I was telling you about uh, on the social medias. Uh, that's it, people. I love you guys. Thank you. Good night. We will see you next time. This has been episode 69 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled The Unraveling. We'll see you next time.